everyone. Thanks for listening and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, everybody, here we are. Uh, This is day three, actually. And uh, for day three, we're looking at Genesis 8 through Genesis 11. Um, Basically, what we're doing is we're seeing how the flood ends all the way up to the Tower of Babel. There is one interesting thing to note that chapter 11 basically happens within chapter 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's like some weird stuff in there that like 10 talks about different languages and then 11 talks about how new languages are formed. That's because 11 is happening within chapter 10. It's not like a misprint or something. Um, But as we read over this, Jenny, what did you notice? What do you want to talk about? Um, Well, one of the first things that I noticed um, is that it's it's pretty obvious that God is giving mankind a second chance. And what really stuck out to me that I really appreciate is the idea of the rainbow in uh, verse 13 of chapter 9, um, where it says, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign that of the covenant between me and the earth. Um, so I just, it's kind of like that comforting feeling, knowing like, okay, phew, don't have to ever be concerned for that again a little bit of a relief on <laughs> when it my starts shoulder. to rain you can just like relax <sighs> yeah <laughs> um so that was one thing that i appreciated it is wild like they're on this boat for a long time and also what's kind of hilarious is like we talked yesterday about how there were extra sacrificial animals that were on the boat like seven pairs instead of just a yes. regular pair can you imagine if you were one of those seven pairs? Because Noah gets off the boat and immediately makes a sacrifice to God. This is Noah, like... They made it so far. Basically repenting, trying to atone for the sins of man. <laughs> and some poor critter <laughs> gets sacrificed immediately. That's right off the bat. Um, but At least they got to see it. Atonement's a big deal. They, they did not know really sacrifice until that point. This could be the first sacrifice. Uh, but it does set up a system of showing that you are striving to please God. It is not how we're find right how we find righteousness before God. Uh we'll see that with Abraham in a little bit. Um but yeah, pretty well. Uh something else that I noticed that stuck out to me was in chapter 11 um concerning the Tower of Babel. Uh we saw again um that use of the word us as it yeah. refers to God coming down to earth not by himself yeah, so as this, the spirit this is, and the son. Uh, chapter 11, verse 7. This is as God notices that people are trying to make their own names great. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter or Verse 7, he says, Come, let us go down there and confuse their language. So this is the third instance in Genesis uh, where God is speaking plurally about himself. Which is pretty crazy because, again, that's that thing that I was talking about the other day where I was like, whoa, he just referred to himself as us. And I think that just passes by so quickly you don't even think about it. But that's literally the the third time that we've seen it. It is, yeah. Since the beginning of these 11 chapters of the Bible. So definitely a theme in Genesis as we're walking through these stories is you have people who are trying to make themselves great. They're trying to make themselves a big deal. And constantly God is disappointed with that. I think there's just story after story. We saw this with uh, Lamech when he was like bragging about how violent he was Mm -hmm. we're seeing this with Babel where the people are trying to build a tower higher than God see it with Cain we see it with Cain yeah so we're like it's just an awareness that actually even Adam and Eve they're like trying to like know the mind of God or know 
or be on that same level almost. So it's almost like an always occurring temptation to build yourself up. But really, we exist to build God up. We exist to enjoy relationship with the Lord. And mm-hmm. we see those two opposing ideas. Like people are trying to make their names great. God punishes them. People who want to walk with the Lord are rewarded. You think of like Enoch who just mm-hmm. disappears after 300 years. Or Abel. Which is like one third of the normal lifespan at that time. Abel who was um, seen as... Honoring Honor, God like yeah. his heart was mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that gives us a picture of uh, what God's plan is, the story of redemption today. What do you think our part is? So I would say the real takeaway for today is that the temptation is extremely real. Uh, this is not a new thing for what we've read today. Like people obviously struggled with making their own names great above what God is, what God has planned for them. Um, I think this is extremely easy for us today, especially um, with trying to strive to be the best, the biggest, the whatever. Um, uh, For me personally, just always trying um, to do the best that I can as a mom or the best that I can as an educator, um, it can be very distracting and very easy to stray away, stray away from what God has for me um, when I'm trying to be the best, look the best, um, and kind of lose sight of what God has planned for me. So I would just encourage you today, um, as you go throughout your day, remember the, what the Lord has planned for you um, versus what you may be distracted by or is um, taking your focus away from what he has planned for you. Genesis 8. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed and the rain from the heavens were restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the water had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ariat. And the waters continues to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of the forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him. To the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. In the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from the, off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark, and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you, of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth, and the fruit and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. 
So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took some of the clean animal and some of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life that is in it, that is its blood. And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning. From every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. And you... Be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and my off- and your and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast on the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off with the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward, and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine, and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and then he died.
These are the generations of the sons of Noah and Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Sons were born to them after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Repeth, and Togomah. The sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. From these, the coastland peoples spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their clans in their nations. The sons of Ham, Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. The sons of Cush, Sheba, Hivala, Sabata, Rama, and Sabateka. The sons of Rama, Sheba, and Dedan. Cush fathered Nimrod. He was the first on earth to be a mighty man. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erek, Akkad, and Kalna in the land of Shinar. From that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth-ur, Kala, and Resen between Nineveh and Kala. That is the great city. Egypt fathered Ludim, Anaim, Lebahim, Nephthalim, Patrasim, Kalasim, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphtarim. Canaan fathered Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Archites, the Sinites, the Aravites, the Zemorites, and the Hamathites. Afterward, the clans of the Canaanites dispersed, and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Gerar as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, Zeboim, and as far as Lasha. These are the sons of Ham, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. To Shem also, the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born. The sons of Shem, Elam, Asher, Ashphad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uz, Hol, Gether, and Mash. Ashphad fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Eber. To Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided, and in his brother's name was Jachtan. Jachtan fathered Alamadad, Seleph, Hazmareth, Jera, Hadarem, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abamael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Jachtan. The territory in which they lived extended from Misha in the direction of Sefer to the hill country of the east. These are the sons of Shem, by their clans, their languages, their lands, and their nations. These are the clans of the sons of Noah, according to their genealogies, in their nations. And from these nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from 
there over the face of the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. These are the generations of Shem. When Shem was a hundred years old, he fathered Afshad two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he fathered Afshad five hundred years and had other sons and daughters. When Afshad had lived thirty-five years, he fathered Shelah. And Afshad lived after he fathered Shelah four hundred and three years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived thirty years, he fathered Eber. And Shelah lived after he fathered Eber four hundred and three years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber had lived thirty-four years, he fathered Peleg. And Eber lived after he fathered Peleg 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg had lived 30 years, he fathered Reu. And Peleg lived after he fathered Reu 209 years and had other sons and daughters. When Reu lived 32 years, he fathered Surug. And Reu lived after he fathered Surug 207 years and they had other sons and daughters. When Surug had lived 30 years, he fathered Nahor. And Surug lived after he fathered Nahor 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he fathered Terah, and Nahor lived after he fathered Terah 119 years and had other sons and daughters. When Terah had lived 70 years, he fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred, in Ur of the Chaldeans, and Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.